Hi, I'm Sarah Goodall, wife, mum, and marketing obsessed business owner. Welcome to my Campfire Chat series. After 20 plus years in B2B marketing roles, I've had the great pleasure to meet and work with some fascinating folks. People who've inspired or challenged me to think differently about social business, advocacy, and digital leadership. I figured it was time to share their stories and insights in a series of short, punchy podcast chats. Today, I'm talking to Michael Labati. Michael is, like me, passionate about digital transformation and the opportunities they present to simplify the way people and businesses function. I've never worked directly with Michael, but I read his blogs and I've seen his presentations. And what he doesn't know about measuring the impact of social selling, it's just not worth knowing. Michael, welcome to my campfire chat. Hey, Michael, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast show today. Where are you calling in from, actually? I forgot to ask you that. Sarah, thanks for having me. Yes, I'm calling from partially sunny South Florida in an area called Boca Raton, uh, Delray Beach, United States. Are you right on the beach? Are you near to a beach? Um, close enough. It's a, oh. it's a little bit of a drive, but it's, uh, it's close enough, maybe 10 minutes. Oh, lovely. Sounds like every day's a holiday. You know, us Brits, we come to Florida for our holidays. You know that, don't you? I, I, I do. I have a lot of my, my colleagues that come and visit. That's right. <laughs> anyway, right. You work for SAP, don't you, Michael? How long have you been at SAP now? Just out of interest. Well, now you're dating me. I am. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I think it was October of or August of 2006. So almost uh, we're going into our 14th year. Crikey, right. And the social selling, or the I'm going to ask you about this in a minute, the social selling program, because that's what you're involved in, that's not been going that long. So what led you to the role that you're in today at SAP? Tell me a bit about that. Sure. Thank you. That's a good question. You know, I suppose I've always had a uh, an innate interest in driving demand and solving sort of the marketing challenge. You know, you and I have just speaking about this a bit recently. You know, I've spent a number of years in sales and marketing roles throughout my career, but where I found myself most in love with the work is in roles that require innovation, you know, forward thinking, trying things and, and looking ahead. So eventually, you know, as you know, Sarah, you end up where you're supposed to be uh, yeah, if you follow destiny. if you follow your heart, right? Yes, yeah, and true. and uh, and that place today is uh, happens to be helping to run uh, the digital selling initiative at SAP. You know, it's wow. a place where we can try things at scale, and and we you know get to work uh, in, in an environment that's really exciting. So, and have you been there? Have you been doing this program at SAP, the whole social selling thing, since the start, or have you been there from? I think Kirsten mentioned it was twenty. 2014, 2013? Were you there from the start? So actually, the timeline is 2012, believe it or not. Um, wow. This began with a, with a sales investment. Marketing um, stepped onto the scene, I think it was 2013, joined hands with sales. Kirsten uh, Boileau, who we, who we uh, know and just uh, adore, who's in the industry, <laughs> uh, happens to be my manager and good friend. She was one of the earlier marketing folks involved with uh, a manager, Melon Lydon. Oh, Malin, and I love on the her. sales side, yes, yeah, Malin, and also Phil Lurie yes. from sales. So the so it was those three plus a couple of other folks in commercial sales. There was Sean Robertson, who you might uh, remember that name, uh, Tony Ponte, and uh, Mark Abode. This goes back to 2012, 2013. They started to see pockets of success. 
and wanted to find ways to exploit that and to generate more interest in the organization, you know, from an uh, adoption perspective. So I came in right around end of 2015. So there was a number of years that they had laid the pipes and the groundwork for this program before I came on board. My job was to see how we could accelerate and expand the operating model. Got it. Right. And I've got to ask you something, if you can just try and clear this up for me. I've asked Kirsten as well. Is it social selling, digital selling, modern selling? Is it just selling? Is it not selling at all? There are so many different phrases for how you talk about social selling, digital selling, whatever. Which one's right, Michael? Because honestly, everyone's getting a bit confused. Yeah, this is... uh... This is a bit of a head scratch uh, for, for <laughs> folks. And when I hear the term digital selling being used or social selling being used, and then you ask them, well, what's the difference? And, you know, we're at this point right now, Sarah, I think that it depends. This is my point of view. I believe any of those work. Yeah. Let me start there. Okay. However, I also think it depends on where you, your organization is, is at with its transformation maturity. Okay. So here, so let me expound. By example, we define digital selling as all-encompassing, the graduation from social selling, because digital selling, digital, deals with tools and behaviors and also the assets that uh, are required. We talked about them earlier, the content. So not just training, social selling to us, and again, this is our personal experience and definition. We spent a number of years focusing on transforming the behavior from what we would consider classic buyer engagement to using networks, digital business network like LinkedIn, Twitter, et cetera, to engage the buyer. But that was mindset and and it wasn't really uh, tailored to the individuality of the person that's adopting the behavior, right? In other words, we said, this is the behavior. This is what it looks like. Here's why you should have a personal brand. Here's how you listen with insights. Here's what a strong uh, engagement for buyer, kind of what that looks like. There was no real low level um, applicability to a specific function. Mm. When When you get beyond that level of maturity where everyone in the organization is sort of adopting at a great degree, then you sit back and say, okay, now let's zoom in and start to look at the individual role and how these behaviors could be mapped to their particular buyers. If you're a a sales rep or if you're a digital demand nurturing agent, right? Two different roles. Or if you're someone who's, who's creating campaigns and you need to understand what that best content for that particular uh, campaign focus. Mm. You can use various perspectives of digital. If you're doing campaigns, listening would be great. What do they want to hear? Where are they engaging most? Let's just see if our campaigns measure up to that. Yeah. You're a digital nurturing agent. How do you map into the account to get to know who those folks are that are part of the decision wheel? If you're a later stage down the stream in sales, you're going to manage the relationship through close. Different degrees of speciality. So I think what's important is it's all social. It started as social selling, but depending on where you are, you're in the maturity cycle. I think you'll 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 eventually start leaning towards you know digital or just selling. Eventually, I can see the future coming close with us here at SAP. Uh, we we will probably move away from this because everybody's already uh, adopting, yeah. and it will just be you're selling. That's what yeah. you do. You're doing it with digital. Yeah. Well, I would even like challenge that even further because I always thought you know with it, and we talked a little bit about this just before we came on this on this call 
was the convergence of the, and the importance of marketing and sales working together. I don't know, this could blow everyone's mind, but maybe there won't be even marketing and selling, right? There'll be growth. It'll be about business growth. It'll be business development, business growth, whatever. But the insights you get from one feeds the intelligence that somebody needs to be able to make a call or have a meeting or act upon it, you know? And the two are so woven together when it comes to growing relationships that then it drives business revenue. I just think it's fascinating what you're saying about mapping training, but content to different roles because a key account manager is going to need a different kind of training to an inside sales rep, but also the content side as well, which aligns and it all looks at the maturity of the buyer, the maturity of your organization and the people that you're training as well. Pretty cool. No, I think uh, reciprocity, having that symbiotic relationship, that all of that, you start to think, as you say, growth. And we've been exploring this a bit in the sales enablement society. Um, we've been talking about you know sales enablement for some time, but is it really sales enablement or is it growth yeah. enablement to your point? And then in that, you have the necessary marketing uh, discipline and, and sales discipline, but you you know the, the overarching theme is that you're trying to grow the organization, the company, provide value to your customer. And right now, the conversations that you see at the conferences, events, and in the industry is that there is this disconnect. It's it's them versus us. It's marketing, still, and then it's yeah. those salespeople. And it's still like that as we're going into 2020 for most organizations that I talk with, because we we have a theme on our uh, in our program where we have sales leadership and marketing leadership uh, come together to talk about one team. That's the constant theme of our organization at SAP is marketing and sales is one team. Yeah. We, we, every time we have our all hands call, we, you know, a thousand or 2000 people will show up to that call to listen. It's marketing and sales on that call with a sales leader anchoring and a marketing leader anchoring. And the first thing that they say is this is one team. Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot. And I've always said that I'm never going to hire sales, right? We will hire sales savvy, commercially savvy marketers that can listen because it's not until I started my own business that I hear the value in sales conversations and how you can turn that into content and how you can feed that out through social, how you can get in front of more eyeballs, you know, and how the, the metrics work together. I just think, you know, and for years we keep hearing this sales and marketing alignment, but it truly needs to happen more than just words. It has to be the data and the the way you work towards growth. And so I have a little box now. I don't have sales and marketing. We have growth. We have delivery and delight. We have growth. This is in our org chart. Development, which is learning development products. But, you know, I'm putting some thoughts around how you structure this. Love it. But anyway, Michael, I've got to ask you this because this is the thing. Whilst we haven't probably directly worked together when I was at SAP, I do love this blog that you wrote about measuring digital selling impact. In fact, I think there was one thing that you said in there is like, you have to come up with a mechanism to show the value of why behavior should change. It's not enough just to say this is a new way of doing stuff. You have to show sales, not tell them. I love that. The way you are measuring at SAP is incredible for digital selling. For, for me, it's bleeding edge. Can you just tell us a little bit more about that and give us some background on it, please? Sure. Absolutely. I'll start with the background. So, you know, first, SAP is an interesting environment, number one, for a program like this, you know, because so many of our colleagues across the globe have an interest. They have a genuine interest in changing their approach to engaging the buyer. But this is a consequence, to your point, of showing them why. You have to show them why it matters. When you provide the data points, you know, like in our case, when we uh, surveyed, uh, it was 
quite a bit, and I think it was 2 billion euro sample, we saw that in comparison to non-social behaviors, meaning the data that was flagged having had social behaviors involved with no other influence, no other sales program, just social, and those that were not flagged, the social challenger sample was performing at plus four percentage points greater on conversion of pipeline value, and the deal sizes were about 300% larger over that whole data set. And that was on, you know, that was an epiphany of a moment for us. You know, so people <laughs> understand when they have data, they understand the value and they embrace the change. So when you get to that point of comparing and seeing the true value of this, one thing you do is you say, wait a minute, you know, we're not really being proactive here. If we're seeing that kind of jump, you don't get that kind of jump of being proactive. You know, markets are already kind of shaped. You get that jump because you are reacting. Yeah. And, and so we realize that if we're all reacting, we have a lot of catching up to do. So how do we move the needle? How do we show them? How do we show them more? Yeah. So we, we started to explore something called key indices. Rather than solely relying on social selling index, which is the proprietary measurement system of LinkedIn, which is wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful because they have data. They have 645 million users and they can measure efficacy. But rather than just relying on that high degree of correlation, could we take indices, indexes, averages, and entice people to do better? So where else do you see indices? Equity markets are measured with indices. Consumer, you know, net promoter score. I mean, these are averages yeah. of sentiment. Yeah. If 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 the if the S and P 500 is, which is 500, you know, companies uh, categorized by sectors, is moving at a certain degree, and you measure the financial category, thereby all the companies in it against that moving average, and it's outperforming, investors might say, hey, you know what, I'm going to cash some chips in, or if it's underperforming, they might jump in. But it gives you additional insight. So yeah. we thought, could you measure and influence people that way? You know, if you and I are on a team and we have another eight of us, so there's 10, and we're in the UK selling in that market, apples to apples, I'm selling HR software, so are you. But Sarah is outperforming the average of the team by two percentage points on any one of those portfolio measures like deal size, uh, you know, lead acceptance, whatever it is. Michael is underperforming by a couple of percentage points. Even if Michael's getting to the winner circle because he's done, he's had a great quarter, would that entice me to not take my foot off the gas because I want to chase the index. I want to get beyond the index like Sarah and, and some of the others, half the other team. So instead of using static measures, the idea is could you use dynamic averages Brilliant. to show them, not tell them? You see, I just love that. And that's a language that they understand as well, right? I mean, the social ceiling index is a great, it's a great indicator. But what you're doing there is you're taking measures that you're already measuring as a sales function. What you're doing is you're overlaying, you know, these guys operate in a digital selling environment and these ones probably don't. But also I want to pick your brains about this as well, because you've taken this one step further, if I read your blog correctly, is that now you look even within the social sellers and you sort of say, well, like you just mentioned, you know, Sarah's performing here, Michael's performing there, you know, even within the social selling community or digital selling community, you know, you can improve even within that across geographies. I guess you can dice this down, can you, to market units, to geographies, to maybe... That's correct. Yeah. So... I mean, wow. Wow. So, so you know, if you start with the globe, you have your, you have all your regions, right? You, you have, yeah. you, you know, EMEA, whether you dissect it or not, but just 
keeping it simple, EMEA, you have North America, Asia, et cetera. You put all these out there, it's hard to compare the uh, regional performance of North America to, I'm just making this up, Asia. Two different yeah. markets, two different socioeconomic uh, things happening there. But if you zoom down, even below market unit, even below country, if you just take United Kingdom, Michael is in London, you know, and you've got Sarah in some other part, could be, you know, somewhere in, think of where else we're selling inside of United Kingdom. Uh, oh, you, know, you another say, sales Portsmouth, center. that's where I am. Yeah, you can Port, say Portsmouth. I love Portsmouth, by the way. Oh, do you? That family is actually <laughs> sidebar. Yeah, we have somebody who, who's in our, who married into our families from Portsmouth. Oh, so let's say word. Sarah's in Portsmouth, Michael's in London, and we start to see how are the teams, because you would assume that that's not that far away, you know, and, yeah. and, and it's it, the same sort of markets. Someone who wants to buy HR in the cloud on your team or my team, we can measure teams to teams, not just people within the team. So I think that's also a great way to inspire. There's that gamification effect when you have a leaderboard that's not just your team, yeah. you know, and, and if you have those averages, you can entice people. Again, it goes back to, you know, if, if Sarah's doing really well and getting through the quarter, I just had this conversation last week with someone who said, uh, I think it was their son was, was already made it to the winner's circle uh, half of the year. They outperformed yeah. the rest of everyone. And but what this particular gentleman said about his son, he goes, I did notice that he kind of let off the gas a bit. Okay. He just kind of because he was already there. Like, why, yeah. why should I keep going? Well, here's the thing. If you do that and you have indices in place, eventually the moving average, like in the case we were talking about that S&P 500 moving average, you're eventually going to cross underneath it yes. if you just let your foot off the gas. Yes. So this is the, you know, this is the idea. It's, 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 it's to entice people at the team level. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I left SAP a few years ago and we now work with a lot of other companies and I've never seen anyone measure it in quite the same way that SAP is doing it. It's, um, it's really cool. Now, Michael, I know that you are a busy person. Okay. So you travel, you keynote, you write, you're on an executive board of the Sales Enablement Society and you're nearly just finishing your 21 month MBA course. I mean, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, what is driving you? <laughs> I mean, what do you love about what you do so much that just keeps you going? Well, first, let me pay uh, homage to uh, two people that, that, that helped make that happen. One uh, in my wife. <laughs> She's been very, uh, very, very supportive and, and a manager. You know, Kirsten and I are very good friends, but she's been a wonderful manager. She um, She's kind of made way for me to be able to explore uh, these things. And so those two oh. people have been able to help me uh, a lot. Look, the answer is I get to work with some of the brightest people in the industry on a daily basis. I am honored. I mean, every time I look around oh. and see the discussions that are happening, I'm like, am I really here? Let me pinch myself. <laughs> you know, digital transformation is at the forefront of what's ahead. You know, yeah. AI, machine learning, experience, data, oh, et cetera. Yeah. So it's amazing, just amazing to be in a team uh, that gets to be part of that transformation and build great things like this digital selling program and to see what's next. And so seeing the, the impact that it has on our colleagues, I mean, that is really cool. Seeing that, it, that what you're doing and, and, uh, and how you're doing it transfers directly to someone's professional life. Yeah. You know, someone is a little bit better than they were yesterday. Oh, so. Yeah. I love that part about the job, getting to see that performance. That's, that's really what the index is about. Indices have a heartbeat. Once you know that those people that are using that kind of influence to do better, 
that's a great thing to, to go home and, and celebrate. So. Oh, that is so lovely. Yeah. And you can hear that in your voice that you are absolutely passionate about this. Now, I've got to ask, because I have said this, that SAP is one of the leading, I don't know, trailblazers when it comes to measuring the impact of digital selling, transforming their organization. So I consider you guys to be at the bleeding edge of social, but what's next when it comes to digital selling? Where are you taking this at, uh, at SAP? Well, you know, you, you touched on this earlier. You get to a certain uh, maturity level, as you said, what do you call it? You know, I think we're starting to, we're, we're eventually going to call this. I think we're starting to, in some ways, it's just selling. So we're, we're like, finally, we're not reacting anymore. We're, we're kind of at par, right? Mm-hmm. We're where you should be yeah. in engaging this buyer, which, by the way, all of us are the same people we're talking about. We're all buyers. Yeah. In some degree, we are the buyer. Just think about our own behavior when we go to market to find a solution. We're talking with peers who are influencing us more than anything else, and there's no reason to, to call it a provider until later stage. So we kind of get that now. Now we get to say, okay, good. Things are in place. <laughs> you know, it, the, it's tasting really nice. Now I got it. Let's keep the stove on simmer, but you're not building anymore. Now you're running this program. The next thing I think we need to start doing touches a little bit on what we said earlier. <clears throat> I'll expound a bit. Where in the organization can we start to really make big impacts, not just for the selling side of things, but from the end to end. So I think we're starting to look now, uh, particularly in our program, at end to end demand to revenue. A lot of times you're focused on the middle of that funnel. You know, that the, the sort of the, there's some awareness, interest, but it's really consideration. It's nurturing, you know, yeah. and trying to get that conversation to feel right yeah. for the later stage development. Mm-hmm. I want to take a step back. Kirsten and the team want to look at this from a different perspective and say, is there any of these behaviors that we can employ all the way at the, you know, when, when we're starting to identify accounts that have signaled an intent to buy and the campaigns that are going to influence those accounts, the channels that we're going to use to uh, engage those particular account members or parties within those accounts, can we make marketing more intelligent mm-hmm. at the campaign and at the awareness and interest stage yeah. as we have been able to do at the latter stage? That's that's what I'd like to start to explore and where we're nice. starting to see some good results now. And this ties back to the conversation we were having about sales and marketing alignment. We talk about it a lot, but actually, truly, this is probably where it needs to go next. So fascinating. Michael, you're a legend, right? You clearly are passionate. You're motivation it just comes across it's quite infectious really i hope one day we get to meet and if you do know someone in portsmouth then maybe you need to let me know if you're over here so <laughs> we can meet up in person i would i would absolutely let you know and and i cannot wait to have a celebratory uh, libation yeah. with my uh, dear colleague sarah oh. uh, we had not worked together at sap but you definitely uh, are the sap uh, culture and you know you you know it well and i and i've been watching your success uh, and i'm in I'm just you know, fascinated by what you're doing and, and the stuff that you guys are involved in. I particularly, as I said right before our call, I love, love, and you got to get it out there more, that, <laughs> that when you examine the relationship of sales and marketing with the funnel in the middle and the, and the reciprocity across the stages, I have found that spot on. More people oh. need to know about that. So right. thanks for sharing that, Sarah. Thanks for having me. And I would always a pleasure to, to come on your, your program. Oh, cheers, Michael. Speak to you soon. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Campfire Chat podcast. Be sure to visit tribalimpact.com to join us on social media, access the show notes and discover content that relates to today's conversation. See you at the next episode.